Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brad Hicks, and I'll be your host for this spooky SLV podcast. Tonight's story for the inaugural podcast is one I'm calling the Davis Street House in Monta Vista. It, it was turned into me by a listener, or future listener, <laughs> and chooses to remain anonymous. So here we go. In 2002, we moved into a small cottage-style house that was over 100 years old and at one time was used as a doctor's office. Shortly after moving into the house, my four kids and I started experiencing strange things. It started with electronics. Our radios and stereos would turn on all over the house at exactly 2 a.m. I thought that was weird, but I figured maybe one of the kids had messed with the timers on them, so every night I would make everyone unplug their radios and stereos before bed. Then, at exactly 2 a.m., the timer on the stove started going off. My kids swore up and down it was not them, and I believed them because they all seemed freaked out and frightened. About a week later, after we moved into the house, my second oldest daughter told me she had a dream where a girl with long blonde hair introduced herself and said her name was Annie, and that this was her house and she was looking for her brother. I did not think much of that until my son came down stairs in the morning about a week later and told me the exact same story. He didn't know about his sister's dream. He also said the blonde-haired girl called herself Annie. The next thing that happened is that faucets would turn themselves on. We would go to the store and come home and find the kitchen and bathroom sinks on and even one time the bathtub. Now I was starting to get a little spooked to keep that I was starting to get a little spooked, but we did not have the money to move, so I tried to downplay things to my kids to keep them from being scared. Over the next several years, things escalated, and I will tell you some of the things that happened. As I mentioned, things started getting weird right after moving into the house, electronics and water turning itself on, etc. I told my next-door neighbor about it, and she asked a prayer circle from her church, the Nazarenes, to bless the house. About six people came over and they anointed the doors with holy oil and then prayed that whatever was bothering us would leave. I was hopeful that this would work as my kids and I were starting to get scared. Sadly, the opposite happened. Things got worse. Now we started having things move. One morning I woke up and a huge buffet table was sitting in the middle of the room at least eight feet from where it was when we went to bed. My sister came to spend the night, and as we talked in bed, we heard the necklace that she had taken off and placed on the nightstand hit the wall. It was, as if it, it was as if something picked it up and threw it across the room. My brother came to visit also, and he and his wife spent the night and left early in the morning looking exhausted and telling me they would never sleep in that house again. During the night, something kept yanking covers off the bed and pinching my sister-in-law. She had actual bruises. You were probably wondering why I did not move. The answer is simple. I could not afford to. I was working as a para with special needs kids and they pay peanuts. For the most part, whatever it was in that house never hurt my kids or myself. Up until the incident right before we finally left. There are so many stories I could tell you about stuff that went on in that house. One of the most interesting is this one. My daughter was working on her science fair project in the upstairs bedroom. This was back in the days when computers used floppy disks. She needed another one, so I sat my cup of coffee down on the desk near the computer and we ran to Alco. When we got home, we saw something that defies all the laws of physics. My coffee cup was still sitting exactly where I left it, but was empty. 
The coffee was splattered all across the ceiling of the room, literally from one end to the other, and yet there was no coffee on the desk or walls. Unless they have repainted that room, the coffee stains on the ceiling are probably still there. I have to say that although all of these things were frightening, we did not feel like anything there wanted to hurt us. More like things a mischievous child would do. Remember in the last story I told, I mentioned the girl, Annie? So when things happened, we would usually just say something like, good one, Annie, and try not to get all worked up over it. I'm going to skip to the last thing that happened in that house. The straw that broke the camel's back, so to say. And what caused us to move. My son had a bedroom upstairs. I think he was 15 when this happened. Rachel and I stayed up late watching movies, and when she went upstairs to go to bed, we heard a whispering sound coming from my son's room. She turned on the lights, and my son was curled up into a ball, whispering, Help me. My daughter went to him, and he literally jumped on her. He was so afraid he could not even speak. We tried to calm him down, and he told us that something was lifting his bed in the air. The next day, he came to the kitchen and handed me a sterling silver cross I had given him for his birthday, that he wore constantly. It was a pretty heavy-duty cross, but he handed it to me and said, Mom, how could this have happened? The cross was completely twisted. Even with pliers, I could not straighten it out. My son never slept in that room again, and was about, and in about three months later, I was finally able to move out of that house. Now, I think we're moving on to a new story here from her, from her uh, submission here. Yeah, I think so. I have had many supernatural encounters in my years living in the valley, and I know it's very, a very unusual place. Here's one of the last ones that I had prior to moving to Idaho. I was engaged, and my fiancé decided to end the relationship as he wanted to have kids, and I did not. On the night he told me this, I was very distraught and asked my daughter to come stay the night with me. This happened at Monta Vista near the wildlife refuge. Our house was isolated in a field. Uh, anyway... The house was shaped like a large L, and it was, and I was on one end, and my daughter was on the other end watching TV. Around two in the morning, I heard a loud knocking at the door. Strangely, it was coming from a side door that we only used for bringing in firewood. I went to investigate, and my daughter was already there asking, "Who is it?" The knocking grew louder, and we both kept asking who it was, with no answer. Now the door began to shake as though it was being kicked and we ran to the bathroom and locked ourselves in and called 911. Suddenly the knocking started from all three doors in the house. It was so loud the 911 dispatcher could hear it and she was starting to panic. Do you have a weapon? Do you have some way to barricade the door? Sadly the answer was no to both questions. By this time my daughter and I were in tears. It literally sounded like our doors were being kicked in. It only took about five minutes for several police and state patrol to show up with their sirens blaring. We hugged each other in relief and listened as the men walked around the house with their flashlights. Then we heard them knock and say, open up, it's the police. We went to the door and stood about six very confused looking officers. It had snowed a couple of feet that night and they said they had walked the perimeter of the house and had found no footprints. This was only the beginning of a series of events and a haunting that was truly terrifying. I posted about the beginning of the haunting that occurred outside of Monta Vista. 
um, let's see where she goes. I often think uh, those of us with ancestral roots in the valley seem to be especially prone to having weird things happen. Also, on my mother's side, I'm one-eighth Apache, and I believe many Native Americans have a foot in both worlds. Anyway, the day after the incident with the knocking at the doors, things got really spooky. I asked my daughter to stay with me for a few days as I was pretty shaken up with what had happened the night before. We slept in late the next day, and then we woke up. We found pieces of jewelry hanging from the doorknobs. We did not put them there, and they were not there the night before. Later in the day, we noticed that lights were flickering. The weird thing is that it was not in the whole house, just in certain rooms. My daughter's little Yorkie mix, Toby, was with her when, and he kept growling and barking at something in the kitchen. He would even run at it and jump, but there was nothing there. That night, as we had dinner, we were sitting at the kitchen table from which we could see the detached garage and the driveway. My daughter pointed out that the back light of the garage was on. The crazy part of this is the switch had never worked since we had bought the house. We watched as the light came on several times and then the lights in the front part of the garage came on. We decided to go out with flashlights just to make sure that nobody was out there. There was nothing we could find. We went back in and were sitting at the table talking about how weird the thing was with the lights in the garage. Just then my daughter's white Honda had the headlights turn on. She did not have any kind of remote, and this really freaked us out. We were too afraid to go out, and we just sat at the table watching. Eventually, the headlights turned off, and then my car, which was parked behind hers, had the interior lights come on. We were seriously freaked out. But what can you do in a situation like that? It was not like the police could have helped us. To make a long story short, it took a couple of months to sell the house, and during that time, multiple things happened on a daily basis. Things like stereos turning themselves on, or a phone ringing when there were no missed calls. This is not our first experience of living in a haunted house. We spent eight years living in a house that was off the charts haunted, which I will tell you about later. The weird thing about this haunting was how quickly it started. We had lived in that house for three years before my fiance left, and nothing scary happened except for a couple of small things. Like seeing shadow people, and one time my fiance and I were in bed watching a movie on his laptop when we both heard giggling coming from under the bed. When we looked, there was nothing there. But these things were rare. However, after he left, something else arrived. Not a day went by that I did not have to deal with paranormal stuff, and I was very happy that house sold rather quickly, and as I was and I was able to move out of the valley. I have often wondered if the woman who bought the house had similar problems, but my intuition tells me that the house itself was not haunted, but something dark that feeds off negative emotions. This showed up when I was in a very dark place in my own spirit. Now that's a couple of stories from, as I said, an anonymous. Uh, lady who was kind enough to share her stories. I I've always loved stories, ghost stories, paranormal stories, anything spooky or odd. I always love them. So, being that this is the first episode, it's going to run a little short. But I'm going to ask that anyone listening, please 
feel free to send in your stories. If you wish to remain anonymous, we can do that. If you want to have your name known for the story, we can do that as well. I will have you uh, email the stories to me, if you would, please, to irondragonforgedesign at gmail.com. Iron Dragon Forge Design is all one word, all lowercase. Just leave your name and your stories and mention the spooky SLV podcast in the subject line and we'll get you printed out and also let me know if you would choose to stay anonymous or if you want your name known during the time. But I'm going to call it good for this very quick podcast. Hopefully they'll be longer next time. And uh, figure on about one podcast per week. And I will, uh, in the next podcast, share some of my personal stories. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.